0: i'm peter cox and you're listening to defining boundaries welcome back to season two i hope you've enjoyed the past year of conversations from some amazing people from around the world within our geospatial community this year i look forward to many more conversations and i hope that you join me on my journey surveying the world one story at a time head over to my patreon site if you would like to support the show You can make a donation towards the purchase and upgrading of equipment, website subscriptions and file hosting. If you would like to join me to have a chat or you have a particular person from our industry that you would like to hear about, please send me a message. You'll find the link in the show notes and in my bio on all social media sites. So if you're ready, let's go. Grab your drink, sit back, relax and enjoy our chat.
1: Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.
0: My guest today is Tim Birch. Tim is a surveyor from the greater Chicago area and has 38 years of experience under his belt. He is the president-elect at NSPS, the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Growing up, Tim considered being an architect but completed work experience when he was 16 as a Rodman for his summer job. Born on the east coast of America in New Jersey, he grew up up in Illinois. Tim enjoys writing industry articles, hosting the podcast for NSPS, watching motorsports and the last time I spoke to Tim, We enjoyed watching some of the planes out of his window in his office. (laughs) Quite relaxing. Hi, Tim. Uh, Thanks for joining me all the way from America this morning for you.
2: Yes. Good morning here. Good evening there.
0: Yes. Yes. So we just worked out the time and Tim has woken up quite early to join us on Defining Boundaries this morning, which is very nice of him.
2: (laughs) No, I wouldn't have missed this for the world. I said I'm a big, big fan of your work, and Thank it's you. neat to hear the perspective of fellow professionals from other places. I mean, obviously uh, Australia, but from other places you've been talking talking yes. to them uh, from as well, and uh, it, it just gives, like I said, it's a, it's a it, it it's nice to hear that same perspective from different cultures, different environments that uh, we we are in the same. Uh, the same profession and doing a lot of the same things.
0: Yes, I know. I know. And, um, you know, with your podcast as well, you've been able to speak to some of the people from across the world as well, which is great. It's, it's nice to be able to speak to other people that do the same thing in a different country and see the similarities and the differences as well. Um, Absolutely. Mm. So, Tim, you were born in New Jersey. When did you move to Illinois?
2: Well, uh, my dad, uh, back in the, back in the early sixties or mid sixties, uh, after they, my, my parents graduated from high school, uh, there was still a draft going on for the armed forces back ah. in those days. And my dad, uh, what, how they determined the draft was they actually picked birth dates like out of a bingo, uh, oh, really? bingo selector. Yes.
0: Gosh. Okay.
2: His, his birth date was the first one picked. So <laughs> he was going to be drafted into the army.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he
2: decided to, uh, instead of going that route, he decided to go ahead and enlist into the Air Force that he wanted wanted to do that instead. Because he knew if he was in knew in the army, it would be infantry, that type of stuff. He didn't want to do that. Well, Fair one enough. of the, uh, so I, I kid around a little bit that uh, I mean, my family was, they were born and raised in, in Illinois, here in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So my, my dad goes off to the Air Force in Texas. My mom follows him. They get married. Um, and hopefully they're not ever going to listen to this. But I always tell people <laughs> I was conceived in Texas. Then I was born in New Jersey at a, on an Air Force base. And then uh, spent some of my early, early youth uh, at, a, at an Air Force base in California before my dad was discharged. And we moved back to Illinois.
0: Back
2: home to their for, family was. Yep, for, for civilian life, uh after after that. So yeah, it's uh like I said, I like to have fun with uh with my origins a little bit.
0: <laughs> um how old were you when you moved back to Illinois?
2: I was I think I was still I was under three. So okay. I I mean i I I yeah, remember okay. very, very little from California. yeah Um, but then very soon after that I had two sisters that came along. So uh that's really all i remember so that's you know I, I, to simplify I tell people i was born and raised in illinois but uh yeah that's that you know that's that's how it all came about that's yeah when, when you asked it's like oh i guess i should tell her the truth But we'll, we'll, tell, we'll tell her the truth
0: well it always makes for a good story in there somewhere yes. doesn't it <laughs> And so, okay. So you've got family there. You grew up there. So high school and everything, did you pretty much stay because your dad wasn't in the services anymore? So you pretty much were grounded in that, in that one place now.
2: Currently? Exactly. And, and yeah. that actually kind of, believe it or not, that kind of leads me into my career that mm-hmm. uh, my dad gets out of the service and he was, he was always interested in high school in drafting. So he gets out of the service. We uh, relocate back to the, to the To central Illinois, he goes to work at that time for a temp agency that puts him to work at a couple of different places doing drafting. Well, one of the things either his second or third temporary place was a civil engineering and surveying firm. Mm -hmm. So he goes to work for them there drafting and pretty shortly they say, Hey, we need somebody out in the field on a survey crew here, go. And so... He goes out there, decides that he likes it and is pretty good at it. And, uh, all of a sudden he's, he's a surveyor and, uh, you know, they're all of a sudden, you know, there's his career, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, a, you know, raising us little kids. And so, I mean, that's really all, you know, I knew as a, as a small child was, uh, was my dad was a surveyor and didn't know what he did to be honest. Um, I did get dragged around to a few, uh, association meetings and things because that was one thing that the company he worked for was really really heavily into uh survey associations and promotion and advocacy for the for the profession. Wow.
1: Back then. Oh, so I got
2: Gosh. So, yeah, so I got mm-hmm. exposed to a little bit of that early on and uh you know, his friends, you know, his friends were his co-workers which were surveyors and I just I really kind of grew up around it, but like I said, still didn't really know what they did as a child, but um, yeah, so as it as it progressed, um, I, you know, I really just thought I was going to, you know, go to college and do all that, all, all that other stuff, and then uh, high school came along and had an opportunity to to go to work with him at the company he was at, and um, you know, spoiler alert: the the rest is history.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that that so? Like. He's had a whole career, but he before the surveying, but he was still probably quite young going into yeah. into the surveying side of it.
2: Oh, absolutely. He was mm. uh, yeah, he was in his early 20s. Um, mm. you know no, it, you know and it, I say we kind of laugh in, in this day and age of millennials and Gen Z and waiting longer to have children if, mm. if at all and what have you. I mean my parents were 20 when they were married. 21 when they had me yeah, um, and, you know, soon after my, my sister. So, you know, at 25, they had a, you know, family, family, of three kids and, and uh, starting it all. So yes, he was, he was very young when he, when uh, he started his surveying and uh, quite, quite young when he, you know, and back in those days that the education wasn't such a big requirement and mm-hmm. able to get licensed at an early age and uh just just like i said just was was something that uh that it's been in the family for a little while yeah
0: yeah so he went through to licensing as well in that yes 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 he did yeah so you so with you um did you go to university and get a degree in surveying once you no
2: no No? actually I, i did not uh that was still at a time in in Illinois where you could get licensed by it was eight years of experience to get Uh your surveyor in training license. And then another four years of responsible charge after that. Mm -hmm. So here I am. I've, uh, well, you know, I said started when I was 16 as a summer job, I wanted to be an architect. I really did. I loved some of the drafting classes, the manual drafting classes. And, you know, this was still in its infancy of, of CAD drafting, um, but I loved, I love architecture. I love the buildings, love those things. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I graduated uh, a little bit early uh, in high school, was ready to go to to, uh, college in Southern Illinois to study architecture. All I had to do was write that check. And I was enjoying surveying. I thought, you know what, let me try this. I just, Mm -hmm. I want I want to try it full-time as a career Mm -hmm. for the time being. I can always go back to school. Uh, I didn't go back to school till, I was in my forties and I got my business (laughs) degree. So, uh, it was,
0: there's nothing wrong with that.
2: No, no. And and as I tell people all the time, I wouldn't trade my career path for anything Mm. that was then this is now the technology was different. The, the requirements and the, really the, the body of knowledge you needed for your everyday work. I don't want to understate, you know, what, what, how it wasn't easy back then, but it wasn't nearly as technologically advanced. And yeah. a lot of the things you needed to know now, um, you really need that that education at some level for mm-hmm. for surveying now versus mm-hmm. versus then.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah,
2: because so- I I can't I can't imagine. Uh, what people are doing now. I mean, and granted, yes, we have our smartphones. We have a lot of electronics that get us used to data collection, but a lot of it is so automated that it is easier to get into it. But do you really know what you're doing? Do you know what, when you push that button to say record, what are those satellite, you know, what is the satellite reception doing? What is the total station doing? So yeah, it's, it's a little bit different now. Um, So I'm, I won't say I'm necessarily a hypocrite, but uh, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of of education in some form. Um, no matter you, no know, matter what level you're doing, yeah. Um, so and we can get into that.
0: Do do um do they have um like a diploma type sort of thing over there, like the lower levels that we have here in Australia, and then the degree university, like a college and degree or um, university type sort of thing over there.
2: Yeah, there's approximately 200 uh, programs across the United States of, mm-hmm. of what they call the associate level, the two year level, or the full bachelor degree level. Right, and then and then there there are a couple of programs yet for uh, the masters and the doctorate uh, for those that actually want to go on to, to higher higher calling, as I as I say. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there are different levels. The bad thing is. It's not standardized for the requirement across 50 states. Yeah. Uh, There are still some states that do not require any education whatsoever. It's all experience that by having education, you can cut down the time it takes to get a license, but no, but it's not required versus some states require the bachelor's degree. Um, like say Michigan is the, I think the, probably the toughest one. I know you have to have 30 hour, 30 credit hours of surveying classes wow. as part of your, your degree, uh, to qualify for, for a land surveyor test. Mm-hmm. So it, like I said, it, it, because there's no one standard across the country, it's a little confusing on, well, I can serve it. I can get my license in this state and survey, but I'm not qualified in the state next door. So, uh, it's not as unified and as as simple as engineering and and other professions where it's the same thing across the country.
0: Oh, okay. So if you do an engineering degree or whatever, that's what it is standard across the state. Yes.
2: Yes. Wow,
1: that's
0: interesting.
2: Yes. But in, and it's, it's very easy to get a reciprocal license in, you know, an adjacent state. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of filing some paperwork, a couple of weeks, you've got your license over there. Right. Um, and I always kid because, you know, with engineers, it's okay. Well, it, it's, it's gravity, right? Water flows downhill in Illinois, water <laughs> flows downhill in Indiana. So I always <laughs> kid them about that. And that uh, but it is, you know, there is one thing unique about um, the new colonies is that, you know, East Coast, you've got a completely different cadastral system, for lack of a better term, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, meets and bound states versus as you get westerly and you get into more uh, more the public land states where everything was sectionalized in one mile sections or uh, yeah, one, one mile sections, uh, six mile townships. Mm -hmm. Um, then you throw in a little bit of Texas where it's a little, a little bit of the wild, wild West. Um, so yes, serving across the country is obviously different, but, uh, the licensing is the licensing is too.
0: Yeah. That both of them, as I said, I think when we spoke last time, I was like, I'm trying to get my head around how it all works over there.
2: (laughs) So does a lot of people here. (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you, you went in and you started working. As a Rodman,
2: yes.
1: Okay.
0: Yes. Do you want to explain for the people over here? Some know, some don't. What's a Rodman? What's an Ironman?
2: Right. Well, <laughs> back in back in the uh, back in the Stone Age, it's um, and uh, I, you know, I, and the way I try to explain it to people is, think of a world without GPS. It's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, what? What kind of Stone Age is that? Um, what are you
1: talking about Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: well, and I was fortunate enough that I was that it was the technology was was far enough along that at least we had a total station with an EDM where we could at least ah, shoot yes. distances electronically, mm-hmm. you know, to hear the stories from my father and his uh, contemporaries, you know, back in my day, Sonny, we dragged the chain out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. old man. But uh, no, at least we had an EDM. But the Rodman was basically exactly that was the guy holding the prison pole. Mm-hmm. with the party chief, usually in tow going, shoot that, shoot that, shoot that, shoot that. And the instrument man, because it was all manual, uh, no data collectors, that it was turn an angle, shoot a distance, write all that down. Yeah. Turn it, and, yeah. and so, yes, yeah, so it was, you know, it really was that primitive back mm-hmm. in the, back in the day. Uh, and so oh, that's
0: oh it's so old aren't we
1: <laughs> yes yeah, so
2: old so old make i feel old um but no that was the way it was was yeah. you know and and that was for the longest time that was the progression of surveying was started mm-hmm. as a rodman that and you know and actually there's an old industry cartoon that it's the rodman dreaming of someday that he's going to be the instrument man and then the next yeah. frame is the instrument man dreaming to be the party chief and then the party chief dreaming to be the you know the guy uh drafting and, and doing the you know sitting behind the desk and then it's the owner sitting there dr- dreaming
1: to he was to be, the, <laughs> be the be to the, the
2: rodman again so <laughs> you know it, and that's what you did you aspired to to you, you had a career growth there yes but that was also yeah. the benefit back then that i think we're lacking now uh is you had other people you were working with on a daily basis and especially mm. the party chief uh, and in my case it it was it was my father, and then and then eventually others that were licensed professionals that I worked with outside, inside on a daily basis. So I had that built-in mentor,
1: yeah.
2: uh, and then as I tell people with a father, it's even worse because it's you, you got to go home with your party chief um, at times uh, when you were young. But uh, you had that built-in, you had that built-in education system a little bit. So it was a little bit different, like I said, a little simpler, but. Yeah, so the Rodman's where I started, and it was mm. do that, do this, do that, and um, I got to tell you, I mean, with with my interest in math and uh, it was real early in programming with computers and things. I had, I in fact, I saved my money for my first first year on my summer job and bought an Apple 2C For oh, those that uh, for those that want to uh, type that into Google and see what one of those one of those <laughs> were, I mean. It was it was a lot of money, but it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Um, 128 kilobytes.
1: Oh wow.
2: <laughs> but anyway,
0: um, imagine that now. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. So I aspired to be the instrument man. I really, really wanted to do that part of it mm-hmm. and uh, enjoyed that. Um, but then it was always then tinkering with the calculations and you know double checking the party chief's work and various things because I just wanted to prove myself. So Mm. it was a way to build a career uh, at, you know, small steps at a time. And it was, I think that's part of what we're missing in the profession now that it's, you know, here's a data collector, here's the GPS or, and, or the total station Um, here, here's coordinates, go figure it out. And it's really a shame that we don't have that tiered system uh, of some sorts anymore. It's all about profit margins.
0: It is, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. One man parties and all that sort of stuff. So do, how long did you stay with that company for?
2: Uh, I was actually with that company. Uh, this, actually, a, a couple of different stints, to be honest with you. Uh, I worked with them through high school, worked, worked with them for a year after high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of my first, first full year, uh, we, and I know it's not unique to, to to the United States. We had this little thing called a recession where everything kind of slowed down. wasn't really, wasn't working. And here I am 19 years old wanting to change. I, I wanted to change anyway. So actually the, the company that my dad went to work for, uh, right out of the service, um, that gentleman had relocated to Texas. So, uh, I contacted him. This was the mid eighties, contacted him. He was working for an engineering company and just wrote him a letter, wrote him a letter actually. And, uh, uh, said, and How are go,
0: what is
1: that? Yeah. What's a
2: letter. <laughs> yeah. What's postal. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: so I wrote him a letter and said, uh, he lived in Dallas, Texas. I said, what's the environment like down there? Because I'm thinking about relocating warmer climate, uh, uh and just trying something different. And next thing I know, I get this letter back that says my daughter just moved out, of co- moved out to go to college. I've got a s- separate little wing of the house. Come down, stay as long as you need to get started and uh, loaded my vehicle up and off to Dallas, Texas. I went uh, for uh, it was almost a year and a half. OK, uh, really enjoyed it. In fact, uh, there's uh, the party chief that I work worked with uh, for, the, for the bulk of the time down there. Um, still is a very, very good friend. He's very, very active in uh, the Texas Association, Texas Mm -hmm. Society. Um, I learned so much, and he was such an inspiration to me and gave me so many opportunities. Um, But that's then kind of where the story kind of goes a little bit. It it gets interesting. I come home, 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 back to my parents' place for Mm -hmm. Christmas, and my old boss, my father's boss, uh, wanted to talk to me. And this was 1987, 1988, somewhere in there and computers and CAD was really getting started. Mm -hmm. And so Phil Phil was his name. He says, I go in to talk to him. He says, you know, it's time we need to get started in, you know, to stay with the industry, stay with the trends. Uh, Would you be interested in coming back? I want to buy computers and you're the person I want to get started on this. And, you know, kind of like the movies, then he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So never thought I would pack back up and <laughs> move back to Illinois but I but I did and mm-hmm. uh, I came back uh, that worked for him there another uh, 11 years and uh, got the got the whole CAD thing started uh, so you know I was doing a bulk of the work with with my father uh, and sometimes as a party chief at that point uh, doing the work and then bringing it in and putting it in CAD and making and figuring it all out. So that was, uh, you know, it was trial by fire. It really was. And like I said, I, I wouldn't trade those experiences for the world, mm. um, but he gave me an opportunity and uh, yeah. it was, it was fun to be in surveying at that time, even then, because it was in kind of its infancy. We got our first data collector around that time and uh, doing line work and doing all kinds of, of things. So it was, it was, it was I hate to look back on my career and say it was fun at times, but uh, it really uh-huh. was.
0: But there was a bit of a game changer when data collectors came in, wasn't it?
2: Yes, it was yeah. very, very much so. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't just my father. There was a lot in the industry here that, you know, just didn't trust that black box. I mean, what am I, what am I typing in here? You know, what, mm-hmm. what's it collecting um, that uh, to the, you know, even to the day that uh, my father retired, uh, he would collect Topo all day with the data collector, but all of his boundary stuff, he still wrote in the book. He still wrote down all the angles and distances and did all those calculations by hand because that's what he knew. And that's what he trusted. You know, Um, if I shoot a power, if I shoot a power pole and it records a bad, a a bad location, it's one thing he said, but this boundary is going to be right. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Look, I, I can probably understand where he comes from with that. I mean, I'd, p- I'd probably be doing both of them actually, just having that that check mm-hmm. at the end, having it written down on a piece of paper. Um, some people these days don't even know what a piece of paper is, a field book. What's that?
2: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so, pretty cool. That's pretty interesting.
2: Yep. So that was actually, yeah, that was my uh that was my my second stint with with Phil and his company. Um about, uh, let's see, 90, 1997, I got my Illinois license, made it through my experience,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, sat for my test, got my license. And, you know, at that point I was looking around and, you know, the owner, Phil, is is a licensed land surveyor. My father's there as the party chief kind of, you know, running the field crews and things. He, he's a license uh, for me to really do anything and go anywhere. um, And, you know, and there again, this was central Illinois. This wasn't, this is four hours South of Chicago Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that uh, it's the way I like to explain it is kind of, it's kind of, sometimes it's, it's the, uh, the land where time stood still. And, you know, there was a number of years for a while that I could go back into that surveying office, surveying and engineering office. And I mean, we're talking into the late two thousands, early 20, 2010s. They still didn't have GPS. They didn't need it. They didn't want yeah. it. They didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. So for me to advance at all, uh, packed up my license and uh, had an opportunity, came up to the Chicagoland area and mm-hmm. uh, hooked up with a company. And uh, it's been a heck of a ride ever since. Cause I mean, I've, this was 1998. I got exposed to r- robotic instruments. I got exposed to GPS, uh, an RTK, both static and RTK. And it's been on somewhat of the cutting edge technology ever since. And, um, you know, and I do have to say, say I, I gave a little keynote speech to uh, a college in California yesterday morning. And one person, a, a gentleman at the end asked, he said, okay, I'm finishing up my degrees in my, for surveying and engineering what, what are my next steps after that to really, you know, make sure that I, you know, I, I keep pushing my career forward. You know, I w- really want to, I want to be able to accomplish, you know, as much as I can. And I just, I said, simply your degree is not the, it keep learning every day. Yes. Just keep pressing, keep, mm. keep your mind open, keep your mind sharp, just look at everything every day. And that's what I look back. And I, you know, I, I knew I was going to be stagnant in central Illinois. I came up to really came up to Northern, to the Chicagoland area for the technology, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. And it opened up my world to so many different things, much, um, many more things, but the technology is something that, uh, is, I, you have to stay ahead of it. And it's not just something you can just crack a book on and do it. You have to get your hands on it. You have to stay out in front of it. Um, never stop learning because once you do, you're done, you're yeah. done. Yeah. Um, Simple as that.
0: <laughs> and so, have you been up there since? Like, you—that's where you yes. stayed up up there, yeah.
2: Yeah, I had a short stint. I had to. I. I, uh, I did go back to at Central Illinois for a short time. Uh, my father had some health issues. I ended up getting a job down there just so I could be close to them to help him mm. through some health issues. Everything's mm. fine. Uh, he's he's in tip top shape now. But it was nice awesome. to be back there for be able to help him out and help my mother out, uh, with mm. him during, during those times, uh, the big C word, you hate that, oh, but yes. uh, guess what that's, uh, you know, we're adults, we have to handle this stuff, but so nursed him back to health. He's fine. And, uh, I'm back in the Chicago. I was back, I wasn't gone for a very long year and a half, um, there too. And just came back to where, where the action was my, where my opportunities are. And, mm. uh, I I'm, so much more used to a faster pace and uh like you know even even today um in fact I was just you know watching some of the stuff earlier this week uh with Leica uh introducing the new the 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 new light the yeah the new handheld scanner stuff with on you know on the robotic dog and then on the UAV yeah
0: it's incredible isn't it (laughs) I'm
2: going to yeah I'm going to see people using that Type of stuff up here much sooner than I'm going to see it any really anywhere else in the state. Um, mm. You know, our company's got a, a pretty robust drone program and uh, love all the stuff we're flying these days. Um, it's just, it's just for me, it's being in, an, in, a, in a, an environment that leads itself to being able to stay on that cutting edge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, how big is the company that you're with now?
2: Uh, Spaceco Inc. here in Rosemont, Illinois, just outside of uh, Chicago, is 65 uh, people. We're civil engineering and surveying. Mm-hmm. I run the I run the surveying department. Um, great group of people. We've got uh, six LSs uh, in our in my department in in the oh, office. Okay, that uh, uh, two of them are female and. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't you know? It, it sounds so cliched, but I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade the staff for the world because we've got, I've got a couple younger, couple older, got the the the, the two ladies, and it's so much fun to sit down and talk, talk over a project and boundary, whether they're bringing it to me or I'm bringing it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know. And like I said, this like it sounds so cliché, but when they say Mars and Venus, yes, the brains are <laughs> from different directions. And they add a, f- a fresh perspective to even my boundary analysis and even my way of thinking when I'm approaching a site, well, what did you think of it from this way? Did you look at this? Did you look at this? Mm. Um, and, and said, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's easy to say, well, I think I have, you know, I, I work in one of the healthiest uh, surveying environments because we have so many different uh, uh, opinions and views. Um, but it's, but it is true because I, I I do think the female perspective adds so much to to the profession. It really does, and it's it's not just hyperbole. It's and 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 uh, rhetoric. It's, it's for for me. It's true.
0: Yeah, I think um, there's always. I don't think you see many lazy female surveyors because we always feel that we have to do that little bit extra. Just to be on par with the male surveyors, because it's always been that male-dominated industry. And what it, you know, what's a girl doing in this sort of thing? Where it's, there are some fantastic male surveyors. There's some fantastic female surveyors because they do have that different mindset. Um, but they also have that I've got to achieve. I've got to put my everything into it to prove that I can do this.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And it's, and it's working towards that mindset of, of breaking that stereotype. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I even, I still, to this day, occasionally we'll have one of our engineering principals will call up to me and say, Hey, I need help on this project. And I'll look at it and I'll go, well, it's Gabby's project or it's Becky's project. Why aren't you talking to them? Well, the client, you know, is going to be coming in and you know what? Okay.
1: Get Gabby, get (laughs) Becky.
2: Why can't they say Well, but you know, you you know, you're you're the head of the department. No, they're a licensed land surveyor. Let them explain what what's going on with this product. Okay, we'll do it. Don't be afraid. (laughs) They don't have cooties. I mean, it's it's it's.
0: (laughs) No, we don't.
2: (laughs) No, not at all. They they're they're brilliant minds. You have to look. You have to. uh, be able to accept that that mm. oh my goodness a woman has a brilliant mind come on uh, we we have to we have to break those stereotypes absolutely do and yeah. like i said unfortunately it's, in this day and age it 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 sounds like i'm jumping on the bandwagon but no i've had i've worked with females most of my career um and you know i've always heard you know how you know women in offices working together mostly administrative that, you know, it can be chippy, whatever women can be women. I find the dynamic between m- men and women in the office is as, is, is, you know, when we're equals, it's wonderful. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's enlightening. And as long as the male counterpart accepts the female as, as an equal because yeah. they are because um, they imagine, imagine that. Um, wow. so it's, it's, it's gotta, it, it, we really need to make sure and break that, that stereotype. Um, I mean, obviously we have that problem industry-wide worldwide, worldwide. and, you know, that's yeah. part of what NSBS is trying to do with, you know, it, we started the diversity committee a, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is for, for women, for minorities, um, and, and all the such. Uh, and it, probably at the time it just seemed like, Oh, well, this is the, this is the cliche thing to do. No, it's, it's the right thing to do. And whether we, you know, obviously we started it way too late and it has to have a label on it of diversity because we're unwilling to, to put that, that environment together uh, in a male dominated uh, profession. So we've got to break that stigma. We've got to break Mm -hmm. that, that, that that train of thought. Um, if, If you, if you, if the male side would just be a little more open-minded uh, it, it creates a it cr- it does create a, a wonderful work environment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So being a, a ma- like how long have you been the survey manager at that at that company? Uh,
2: here I've been uh, almost six years um, mm-hmm. after my little stint in central Illinois. Uh, it's funny because when I, I, like I said, I got my license in 98, moved up to, to, to Northern illinois to the chicagoland area and it was almost immediately that i got into the management side uh oh, you know okay. oh wait a second you've got your license you're going to run this project you're going to run all these people so here i am you know a year year and a half after i get my license i move my family um my wife and my young daughter to to the chicagoland area i'm thrown out on this huge job site um Twenty five hundred acres. It's it's a going to be a future basically a future retirement town, and all of a sudden now I'm I'm running a, a basically a, a a department out there of twenty five people, wow. six field six field crews, and this and I was like, okay, trial by fire, trial by fire again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, and like I said, I wouldn't go but change my my, my history for the world, yeah. that was the other part of it that, you know, growing, growing into that role, um, having that mentor, uh, in the field and then having that direct mentor, the, the company owner, Phil prior to that was the PEPLS. He taught me so much, Mm -hmm. um, not, you know, about the business and dealing with people and, uh, how to go about, uh, being diplomatic to clients and various things, so he really gave me a head start. Uh, being able to handle people and a department and business, um, so you know, here I am, early 30s, jumping into a big project in in an area I don't know anything really about, and uh, it it felt good. It felt natural, and uh, okay. it's it been it's been been a great ride so far and it's been fun to, to manage people because I I see how other people are managed. Um, I don't like to manage. I'd prefer to either lead or walk with them. And, uh, uh, you know, I say, you know, every morning I put my pants on the same way they do. And just because I'm in my role and somebody has got to be authoritative um, okay, so what that's my role but that doesn't mean i I don't treat you like a fellow human being and yeah. we' we're, we're decent people um so I guess that's you know that's that's always been my management style so I've been managing for for 20 plus years mm. um, uh, I hate that term managing because it's because I always wanted for a lot of people I just want to throw micro in front of that and I just <laughs> I hate people. Well, some that, that, people
0: do do that, don't they? Oh, it's very boy! Frustrating.
2: It's, it is so frustrating. <laughs> hmm. So,
0: when uh, I know that you talk about, you know, the progressions up, up, up the ladder and everything, was was the management part of something that you were aspiring to, um, or were you had not thought that you'd been um, in the field enough, or? some people kind of go from the get-go when they start their career that's where they want to be that's where they want to get to and then other people go no I've had no aspirations don't want to do it
2: right um and that was the unique opportunity when I got thrown into this big project when when we moved to the Chicago area that you know that was one reason that I moved up here was for the technology Mm. and so yes, I'm supposed to be managing all of these people and we've got actually four or five actual subdivisions going on at once houses going up everywhere. Um, and I guess that's maybe that's how I, you know, I I really felt like, you know, all these new people that I'm, I'm around and all of a sudden I'm their boss (laughs) and, but I have to earn their trust. Yeah. So you know, here I am supposed to be, you know, this, whatever mucky muck, uh, leading everything. I've got my boots on. We're out, we're out doing, uh, you know, the topography for the golf course. We're out, uh, doing topography for the, for the new subdivisions. I'm out setting lot irons with, with the crews. You're
0: out there Uh, with them.
2: I'm learning the equipment. They're teaching Mm -hmm. me things and being, you know, to me, that's, that's also part of a good leader is to, is to be humble and to, to be able to yeah. look at your employees and say, you're teaching me, I am listening to you and I am taking it all in. Um, and for them to truly buy into that, they're teaching you. And mm-hmm. that, that to me, it's, it's, it's always gotta be a two-way street. There's always something to learn. Like I said earlier. Um, yeah, it's definitely- So, so early on it was, you know, Hey, so-and-so I want, you know, I'm going to go out with you, you know, to be honest, I've never never used RTK. Let's show me the data collector. Show me how this works. Show me how to initialize all this stuff. And I'd like to think that that, that kind of won them over to this new guy that came to town to, you know, sure he's got his license. Okay, what does he know? Well, I think I know a, a lot, but I don't know the technology. So yeah. help me put that together. Yep. And that's always been... Uh, something I've done every time a new technologies come along, it's like, you know what? I still have boots. I still have my, my I still carry my pouch that puts my field book in, uh, you know, I, I get laughed a, at
0: sometimes when I pull my, <laughs> I, I
2: still, still have got my, my
0: plumb bob and my tape. I still have it. my
2: plumb bob. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I'll still carry my chaining pins for various things, for scratching, <laughs> scratching things, whatever. Um, yep. Yeah. Lots of laughs there, but uh <laughs> No, you, you, that to me is part of, of good leadership and good teamwork is to be humble and not just say, I'm the boss and this is the way it's going to be done. And okay, well, I don't know how to do that. So you get it. Done. No, it's, it's learning, learning together mm-hmm. one way or another. Cause uh, it's, it's an ever evolving process. So I guess long winded answer to your question was no, I never thought that I would be in a position. I, Truthfully, I just figured I would be a project manager type all my life, that mm-hmm. it would be a combination of field and office for the rest of my life. Because uh, my dad was 62 when he retired. Um, Still can't believe he retired. I just didn't think he could walk away from surveying. Um,
1: <laughs> that, but he
2: was.
0: That's like, it is 62 young over there.
2: That's. That's like young, our surveyors yes.
0: over here, like they're still going in their late 70s. It's like they can't, most of them can't put it down in some way, shape or form. They're still in there. Yeah,
2: that's exactly right. And that's what I really thought that he would be. He would be mm-hmm. just that, that person that would just keep plugging along. Well, because he was really more in just the party chief mode all of his career. I mean, he was in the field majority of the time yeah. up until the day he retired. Yeah, and right. I will say that that, that was probably one of the reasons that when he did come down uh, with his illness, he was, he's very healthy, very fit yeah. that, that really, that, that helped him so much um, to get through it so easily he was strong. Um, because he, he is mm. in, is in good shape. Um, but it was just so, you know, just amazing to me that when, when he quit, he quit. Um, because there were there were a couple of times that, you know, when I was back down there, uh living close to them, helping them, that uh, you know, I thought about, you know, here I am working for another firm uh down there back in my hometown that, you know, what about starting my own business? What about doing my own thing? Hmm. And so I would sit, I would sit down and kind of pick his brain a little bit and ask him, said you want you gonna you gonna join me, you gonna help? me. he go, nope, nope, <laughs> I don't want any part of it. He says, I'm enjoying retirement. I get up in the morning and I just think, okay, I'm going to putter here. I'm going to putter. There. But um, so, you know, it, it's just one of those things that that's what I saw my father evolve through. Mm. And I just figured that's what I would evolve through. But once I got up here in, in the Chicagoland area and got into more things, and especially once I got involved more in our state association, yeah. and then I got more involved in the, uh, the national uh, organization, I really felt like that's, you know, that's more of where I, I, I want to try to focus my efforts, uh, mm. uh, that to me, there's, there's not enough positivity in, in our profession, that there's not enough vocal, vocal and otherwise that, you know, like we talked about earlier with, uh, with, with women in surveying and mm. it, it goes the same with, with, with minorities and, and in other, you know, other cultures, other races. Uh, this is a wonderful profession. And as long as you've got a sharp mind and you enjoy the math, the science, the history, the, the sometimes it's the outside, sometimes it's the geospatial and seeing these mm. things. This profession is for a, is for a lot of different people. And it doesn't have to be for the lumberjack that uh, right. is out there cutting brush every day and whatever that that's not the surveyor. Mm. Um, there are times Just, when it, it's necessary, but yeah. That's not the stereotypical surveyor anymore.
0: Yeah, and there's so many different areas that you can go into now as well. Mm-hmm. Not just you know your your typical land surveying, doing your boundaries or your topos and stuff like that. There's so many different areas that that you can go into.
2: Exactly, and that's part yeah. of what I'm. I've been trying to use my position as a department manager, department leader, and through you know advocacy with the volunteer networks is to try to broadcast that message that you know and that's what i said you know yesterday to these to these college students that serving today was not my father serving it yeah. it really isn't and that there, there's so many more things to do and so many more tasks so many more opportunities and one thing that the surveying profession also has to open their mind back up to is incorporating GIS and how much more geospatial data we're talking about now, and where the technology has gone, and proven to us that now that we've got satellites above us and the GNSS systems all in all in place, how much more accurate we can be on our our positioning and our measurement, mm-hmm. and how much our world has changed. and And I know you're you're dealing with it in uh, in Australia as well as we're trying to figure out how to deal with it i got to convince the rest of the serving profession we're actually on tectonic plates that move. So while that monument, that, that static monument in the ground may be at this position today, next mm-hmm. week, next year, next year, next, you know, next decade, it's in a different place because everything is moving. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. in, it's, it's in relationship to itself. It's, it's okay, but the stuff is moving and uh, being able to wrap our heads around that concept um, with the technology and then you then you just take the the other parts of technology where it's it's point clouds and it's remote, remote sensing and it's all this gis based data that we need to be able to balance the accuracy of boundaries and cadaster and all these things and marry them with the amount of data that's available for digital twins and putting this all together into one big huge model and knowing what at what point is the appropriate precision necessary for that piece of data that the fire hydrant I can have you know basically mapping grade it can be to the nearest you know couple couple centimeters whatever the the cadaster the the parcel points those need to be tight those need yeah. to be you because know, you know that's one thing i've always said talking to people in, in any presentations i give because this is what was in you know really engaged into me is that probably other than your family the The most important thing in a person's life throughout their life, usually is their property, is their house, is their farm, is the, whatever Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. uh, they're they'll, they'll fight for their family. They'll fight for their, they'll fight for their family home. And, you know, nothing, nothing irritates me more than to look at a survey and you go out and you, you know, where the iron, the, iron the iron. Uh, the iron pipes are set, you know, where the corners are set, but you see the survey and they say, well, it's, yeah, there's an iron pipe there, but it's really two tenths of a foot by three tenths of a foot over here. And it's cal- no you go tell it, you, that person knows that that's where their property is. Is that that iron pipe? And so, you know, that it's, it's knowing when to have that precision and, and use that, using the, the tools properly to marry all this together. So many surveyors still look in the rearview mirror or think they're looking in the rearview mirror at GIS. Uh, GIS passed us and oh, it is way ahead of us. Yeah. And we've got to catch up to it. And we've got, to, we've got a, a lot of work to do to open up the minds of a lot of the surveying profession that they're not trying to steal our work. They're not trying to do surveying without a license. They're managing data that needs to be managed but we can work together and we need to work in the same environment to put it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's, to me, that's still part of the the learning evolution and why I just continue to tell people don't stop learning and keep your minds open for who you're working with and, and how you go about your, your, your daily business.
0: Yeah. I think our technology has changed so much over the years so quickly that I think it's hard for a lot of people to, to realize the complexity of what we can do now.
2: Oh, exactly. I think mm-hmm. to me, it, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about my father still writing, wanting to write his yes. traverses down in the, in, in yeah. the book, that yeah. uh, there's just something about that black box technology that just, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm kind of thankful that he really never, they he was never in a place where they were using GPS. Uh, mm. And he, cause I, Think his mind still would have been blown uh at, at at what was actually oh we're actually getting signals and they're telling us where we're at um
0: quick, quick get my tinfoil hat yeah tinfoil hat exactly
2: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so we've seen so much change now and you were just talking about what um you know like has just brought out with the with the um the drones and and the dog and the scanning and stuff how do you see how do you see us our profession changing over like the next five to 10 years it just seems to be going quicker and quicker in the changes that we have
2: yes it is and i think i think that one of the big parts of the way the surveying profession worldwide is going to have to adapt is i mean and i think our biggest hurdle is exactly what you just said uh, that we have to be more open-minded and more accepting of the technologies, accepting of um, of the software, of the the processes that the the surveyors not controlling all of these th- th- these ways of doing the data collection and the methodology. It's just that it's new. It's new things that we have to ex- to learn and accept. Mm. I mean, the, the the fact that you know how easy is it now to whether it's, you know, and, 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 I, and I'm not particular to any, any, any brand, but I mean, all of the, all of the technology that's coming in. And I guess this is not to give like a necessarily another shout out. I mean, a couple of years ago, when I first saw the first tilting uh, GNSS receiver
1: mm-hmm. that,
2: you know, my first thought was now there's an opportunity for, uh, for a, a survey crew member to be lazy.
1: <laughs> now that
2: it's, oh, I don't have to worry about the bubble anymore. I just, wherever it's at, I'm, I'm leaning it. I can just click, 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 go, go, go. Um, and it's, you know, and unfortunately that was the old part of me saying, well, that, you know, that's, that's going to be the new newer generation being lazy that that, but it's fantastic uh, technology that now that yes, you can lean that pole underneath and put that point on, Yes. On a manhole under a car or whatever. I mean, it really is mm. fantastic. And now Leica's went another step and added the camera to that, mm. and being able to tilt it and, and basically take pictures to be able to, to identify things that you can't get to um, for because of multi path or whatever. Uh, you know, it's just all these little little uh, technological advances. You know, all the things that you can do with um, with Trimble and the SX10 and 12. Um, and just, there's just so much technology there that I guess it, to me, it, it kind of evolves similar to, you know, like we were as kids that, um, and this is really going to date me that, okay, well, the, the, te- the telephone, the telephone, yes. our wonderful smartphone. <laughs> so I'm old enough to remember, especially uh, staying with my grandparents at times. Uh, Of course, the phone's on the wall and it had a rotary dial and like, and in fact, uh, the town, my, my, my grandparents lived in
0: me
2: too. (laughs) Well, let's not, let's not go too far down memory (laughs) lane, but, but I I can, I mean, it's far enough back that, that uh, the town, my parents grew up in town of 800 people in the middle of central Illinois phone, rotary phone on the wall, because it was the way that the phone system was set up, you only had to dial four numbers to call anybody in town.
1: Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> because it was the same prefix, you know, the, the first three digits were the same everywhere. The local system, it was just, and it was eight, eight, nine, two, or three, one, seven, eight, or whatever. Okay. Um, so that's how far back I can remember. Gosh. Um, and then I, I can remember the day that my parents upgraded our rotary phones to touch tone and I'm like, oh,
1: push button, (laughs) push
2: buttons. Yeah. It's like, holy cow. And, and then fancy uh, was that? (laughs) Yeah, that was fancy. Well, but then the next big step was when we were in high school, we got a cordless phone.
0: Oh yes.
2: And, you know, being able to, and just, I mean, bottom line is everything evolves and Mm. this is, you know, going from the field book to the data collector to, you know, I like the idea now that These data collectors are so sophisticated and especially with more and more 5G uh, telecommunications going data wise going, uh, at least here nationwide, that we're going to get more and more uh, to the point where as people are data collecting, whether it's a point cloud or just even simple topo, it's going to go in that collector. It's going to go over 5G. It's going to go into the cloud and and somebody in our office can sit at their desk and watch that data coming in. And they can literally draft that data as they're collecting it. Um, mm. That just, I mean, that, that, that possibility is there. And you, you know, you, you tell that to a, to a majority of our, our practitioners in the United States, at least they'll be like, Nope, no way. no, nope, Don't trust it. Don't can't, you know, but that's where technology is going. That capability is there. Yeah, You know, and then, well, and then it, it get- has
0: to be there because I mean, at the moment, you know, we can, we can go and do a job and we can send it straight to the cloud. Once it's finished mm-hmm. back to the office and they've, they've got it straight away, you know, before the surveyors even packed up all their gear. Yep. So yeah, it's a,
2: it's amazing, you know, and be able to, t- you know, and, and the technology has been there for a little while where we can tie, uh, you know, pictures out of the collector to the points and what have mm-hmm. you, Um And I I just know the, the, our better party chiefs, even in in our company, I mean, they do that on a regular basis. And, you know, we always say, you know, pictures worth a thousand words, take as many pictures as you possibly can, because you're telling that story for the drafter, for the, for the LS that's, that's overseeing that work. Mm. Um, It's just, it's all this technology that we need to be able to use and it evolves. So to say where it's going to be in five to 10 years, you know, the fact that I think, I think the the smaller scanners are going to become uh, a mainstay in all in all vehicles. I think UAVs um, with lidar are going to mm-hmm. be uh, a mainstay in all vehicles. That you know, I wrote an article a while back um, as part of my regular series for GPS World. It was it was really kind of the the surveyor of the future, and I think that you're going to pull. And this, this may be a little utopian, but it, it, it's, it's what I see is some at some point in time, it's probably going to be a one-man crew still, obviously. But they're going to pull up in a vehicle that you're going to lower the tailgate down and the autonomous vehicle, ground vehicle is going to pull out. Um, I never saw the dog, like his dog coming, though. I really didn't. But, you know, it just a, <laughs> just a little, little, basically a remote control car that's going to be autonomous, uh, kind of like a Roomba uh that's going to have you know lidar built onto it you're going to throw the uh, uav up in the air and then in probably also maybe in the same little remote cart or a, you know maybe it has to be a different one is going to be then the the ground penetrating radar that all of this data is going to be manipulated by a guy with a big tablet and it's going to say okay little remote control car, go to these places and set out the parameters and it's going to bump around and go every place it can, can go. UAV is Mm -hmm. going to fly, get everything. All of this stuff's going to be collected uh, for the most part autonomously. And I think AI is going to play a big role in, in a lot of this that very quickly, all this data is going to be put together and it's going to analyze and say, well, but here's a region back in here and back at this corner of this building that we, you know, whatever for whatever reason couldn't get it was it was inaccessible. But it was going to be it's going to be analyzation of the UAV from one side, the ground from you know the 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 the, ro- the, ro- the ground robot from another, and it's going to put all this together and it's going to realize oh wait there's a void back in there we need to figure out you know and and highlight these areas. I think AI is going to be a big role. Um, probably sooner rather than later than, uh, than I really want to admit. <laughs> um, and, and bottom line is it's, it's not replacing people. We still are going to need a lot of smart people to still be able to put eyes on the ground at, at various sites and help review these things and help put all of this together. We need a smarter technician to go out and do these things that it's not, where I started in 1983 going, holding a poll. Oh, I got to watch this bubble. And for the party chief to go, okay, get that manhole. Okay. Get that curb line. Okay. We need a technician that's going to be able to really see the big picture and know how these things operate and know how they work going to be working together and really be a, 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 a on site project manager to, to build this data model. Hopefully that doesn't sound too utopian, but no, it uh... I
0: think yeah, it, you know, I think probably somewhere along the line it will end up like that. But you will always need the people to um, you know, validate the data to yeah, you know, do all those different things and yeah, as you said, manage it and stuff. I mean, is it I'm not sure if it's Trimble or TopCon or something. They've already got some little robotic GPS type thing that they use in construction in building like roads and so it does something I can't remember now but there is something like that already so the
2: the tiny surveyor
0: yes that's is, it that's the it tiny
2: surveyor I saw that it was introduced at Energeo or Energeo depending on which side of the globe you're on uh, it was introduced I, I got to, an opportunity to go several years ago to, to do a uh, to cover it for GPS world. Uh-huh. And I just looked at that and I said, that's one of the coolest things I've seen. I mean, it really, really was. I mean, it was, yes, it was in its infancy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah, for, for cleaner paved surfaces or, or, or you know, not, not with a, not a lot of undulation
1: yeah,
2: um, it's an, it's a really, really cool, cool piece. And I think in the right conditions, once again, it's the right tool in the toolbox for for certain tasks for a certain thing. I, that's right. Yeah. And I think you're going to, I think like I, you're going to see more and more of that. Mm. Yeah.
0: You, um, you do a lot for industry in the community. Um, you get kids into survey, uh, the podcast that you do, you obviously speaking to, um, the students and stuff like that for industry. How do you, do you try and encourage your employees to be a part of all that sort of stuff as well?
2: Yeah. Em- employees, contemporaries, you know, who better to tell the surveying story than a surveyor. Yeah. And, you know, something I've come to also, I guess, realize um, uh, over uh uh over some reflection over the this last six months or so um is, is also getting the right people in surveying to to help tell that story mm-hmm. um you know like yourself i'll be honest like yourself um and the, the the ladies that i work with and other ladies that are in uh in the national in national my national view and then also even state level that uh it's hard for me now that I re- truly realize that you go into talking to students. I mean, I, I love talking to students because hopefully my enthusiasm for, uh, the profession can come through to them. Um, except, you know, you, unfortunately I'm getting to that point where, yep, I'm the old white man coming in and telling <laughs> you about this. Don't, don't look at the package. Listen, <laughs> listen to the story.
1: Please. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but it's, but that, but that's it. It's the package that if we have women coming in and ho- hopefully resonating with the young ladies in, in, in class uh, or in college or what have you, mm-hmm. um, we, we need minor- more minorities doing the same thing because it's, it's not just the message I can package the message fantastically if, you know, if possible, but if you can't get past the wrapping, then you're not going to open up the package and truly listen to it. So, uh, yes, I encourage everyone in the profession that has something good to say and has a good way of saying it, they need to. Mm. Um, so, you know, that, you know, that's why I'm, am this, this sounds kind of, you know, uh, sounds kind of weird, but, um, I mean, I am, I am a big fan of yours because of all the places that you show up in, so, in social media, the positive message you're sending, the podcast and the guests you have on is, is, is positive and giving a good uh, reflection on the profession that you're giving it from a perspective that I can't. As much as I want to, as much as I want somebody to hear me, as much as I want to go to the inner city and talk to a group of you know, uh, of, uh, young black and Hispanic students, they look at the package and they go, okay, whatever old white man. Um, that's why I think we, you know, we need to encourage more and more of our professionals to tell that story because it is a great profession. Uh, a lot of cap, a lot of potential for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, cause one thing I do get in trouble with when I talk, especially to younger students, the teacher kind of wrinkles their eyes at me, that I tell the students, I like, okay, you know, when you're downstairs in the basement and you're playing your video games, you're playing Minecraft, you're playing, you know, whatever. You're seeing all this stuff spatially. You're seeing this 3d, you're seeing this world in 3d, even though it's really not, it's on this screen. You're my future surveyor. You're our future surveyor. You're seeing the world in 3d that, that really doesn't exist. Mm. It's a model Mm. that you can, you're going to be the ones that are going to, you're going to take that point cloud. You're going to take those, those images. You're going to take all this data and put it together. And you're going to see those wall faces. You're going to see that piping. You're going to see this digital twin coming together because you've trained yourself through games yeah. um, to see these things. And uh, so when mom and dad are yelling at you, you know it's time to go to bed, time to whatever. It's no, it's I'm working on my career, mom. Leave me alone. Well, oh. but. <laughs>
1: But Harrison, you. <laughs>
2: yeah, but, yeah.
0: but it's true yes it's very true yeah. isn't it
2: yes i think when when the
0: minecraft and stuff came in and they were building these cities and using their brains to come up with these amazing pieces of architecture and building you know gardens and god knows what else they were doing in there but um yeah they're working in the 3d realm
2: exactly mm. and i think that's something and uh and I guess this is going to kind of let a little bit of a genie out of the bottle. That something I would like to to tackle next year as as president is I, I want to see and um, our you know your 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 fr- friend friend uh, Miss Underwood um, mm-hmm. has, has been I, I I like following her on social <laughs> media and watching the Lego sets she's been putting together. Yes. Um, I I would like to see, and I don't know if it's going to be through FIG and through the the Australian society. I mean, just trying to get all these societies together that if we can figure out a way to help promote surveying through, uh, it it just sounds kind of goofy, but through Lego sets and through uh, whether it be SimCity or Minecraft or whatever, we need to figure out a way to uh, put together a program promoting... getting these kids to build cities and and visualize basically making a digital twin that you know that instead of real world data they're going to they're going to build their own cities and get the, the the techniques get the whole perception of of all this digital data coming together that they can they can do it somewhat similarly physically and with legos but then to take that, take the next step and go into a SimCity or a Minecraft or what have you and build build that same thing digitally and then show them that, oh, hey, guess what? We've got all this LiDAR data. We've got all this point cloud data. Let's build this digital twin of this part of the city with utilities and with all of these other attributes. Um, I'd like to build some sort of learning program mm-hmm. that starts them early and gets them to, to understand what our world is going to be like um, sooner rather than later, that we need to have all of this information stored. And it's yeah. it's not big brother, it's not, it's it's about being smarter about our about our world. And mm. um, you know, to me, a big part of that also then is if we're smarter about our world and smarter about building and 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 managing our infrastructure. Hopefully we're smarter with climate change, which mm. I'll go on record, say climate change is real, climate change is science <laughs> and it's, it is happening. There are places flooding in the United States at least and other changes that didn't happen before because of climate change. Um, and the surveyor has to be on the front line of that. They have, we have to be on the front line of new technology, new data collection methods and updating all of this information and if we plant that seed in our youngsters now, through Legos, through SimCity, through Minecraft, through whatever the next platform is, and teach them to help build these digital models, that's part of our future surveying profession. And I, I think it, it, it has to start early. So yeah, I guess going back to get kids in survey, that's a big part of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
2: uh, th- I mean, that, that's, an int- that's an entry into, into a yeah. lot of this. Um, and, and, trying to, we're going to, we're going to keep Elaine and, uh, to get kids, ladies you know, involved in all of that. Um, it's fun. I just, the, what, the, what I like about, well, Elaine is just Elaine. She's, uh, <laughs> she's a, just a, a fantastic, fantastic, uh, force of energy. Isn't she? Um, yes. She really is. And, um, a a very, very quick story um, how all of that came about as far as getting the uh, introduced into the United States, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been following her a little bit on LinkedIn, a little bit of social media. When, uh, when her first poster came out, the, the, uh, the countryside, I thought, really, that was kind of cool. That's cool. But, you know, it was very limited run, very, very, uh, very regional to obviously to the, to the UK. Well, then the Antarctica poster came out and, I, I reached out to her and said, what's it take? I mean, whatever it costs, I, I, I really want a, I want a couple of these posters. So she sends them over. And uh, about that time, Trish Milburn in our office, she had seen, seen some of the postings on social media as well. And she's like, that's cool. We need to develop something like this. And I'm like, well, she's already done it. What can we do to help her promote it? Yeah. And so reached out to her. And we made a, we made a little bit of a connection just so happened. She was going to be uh, in the, in the United States uh, for a conference. Um, I flew down and met with her. Um, and this is, and I've got to tell this absolutely true story. Never met this lady in, <laughs> in, in, in my life, other than we've talked on WhatsApp and a couple mm-hmm. of phone calls. Yeah. So we go to, we are going to meet up. So we decide we meet for breakfast. And I get there first, and uh, you know the hostess says, "Well, you know, how many is at your table?" I said, "Well, it's going to be another lady." But um, when when she comes in, you'll know you'll know her because she's very bubbly, very English. But you know, I don't know her; we've never met. So at that point, the hostess (laughs) thought this was a blind date, and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! This is business. This is," and she's like, "Right, yeah,
0: okay." (laughs) And so.
2: Of course, you know I'd you know I'd seen Elaine's picture and um, I knew what she looked like, and so she comes in, and of course she is exactly that. She's she's bright, she's bubbly, and and the hostess immediately says, "I know where the gentleman's at. Follow me." And so (laughs) we had the best conversation for two people that had really never met before, and really just set up you know the premise of get kids in the survey and you know, what really, what NSPS was trying to do in helping, uh, promote that because, you know, it's one thing to print them, print the posters over in the UK, but the shipping was just, it, it's and it still, it's still It's incredible, obviously yeah, it's, it's to get bad, things across it? the pond. Yeah. So we worked out a deal and, and, and actually our back room at the NSPS main office, we've got a huge, uh, uh, shelving unit that's just a heavy duty racks of all of these posters that they come through the website they shoot us uh, get kids shoots us the order we trish folds them up rolls them up however and they get they get to the to the users a lot quicker yes. yeah. and a lot more efficient more efficiently um to date i think we're somewhere between we've shipped between 50 and fifty five thousand posters wow.
1: awesome. and
2: uh what I enjoy about the the posters themselves, um, besides Merrick um is a fantastic, phenomenal artist, the way I explain the get kids into survey posters is they're like a Pixar cartoon. Yes, they are targeted at elementary and early um secondary uh middle schoolers. Hmm but they speak to people of all ages that, you know, how many times have you been out with friends, family, dinner parties, whatever. And somebody says, what are you? Oh, I'm a surveyor. And you start to explain what you do and their eyes, kind of roll in the back of their head. Like who would (laughs) want to do that? (laughs) These posters show what we do and explain so well, what we do, especially with the technology now that while yes, we're after the kids, uh, I like seeing the adults light up. We we take we've we've been giving these away. We go to school counselor conferences. School counselors don't know what surveyors do. These posters help explain it. Yeah. And when they see these characters pushing their ground penetrating radar, using their GPS or using their their lidar, seeing the UAV, they go, now I get it. Mm -hmm. And this is something I need to be able to tell, you know little Joey or little Susie or whatever that has this has this specific, uh, outlook on math, history, being outside, all of these things that go, Joey, you know what? Consider surveying. Let's look, let, let, let's look into the, the surveying career for you. Um, so it's just another tool in that toolbox to be able to help promote, uh, it you know and, and be educational and being positive about what who we are and what we do. So sorry, long-winded story to no. tell you all <laughs> about get kids into survey. But, <laughs> That's uh, all
0: good. That's all good. It's I mean get kids into survey started by Elaine. Go uh, do having to do some posters or some some stuff to go. You know at some conference where they went exactly. They're just ignoring. The pieces of paper. How can we make it interesting?
1: Exactly. And so that
0: was directed to adults to start off with with the cartoons. So you know, you can see how people, everybody, is just attracted to it in some way.
2: Exactly. I mean, look in at that, us
0: geeks who get all excited about building Lego things.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, yes, and you know, and now for for them to take it to the next level, um uh, I can't put my hands on my comic book real quickly. Um, the comic book that, that we've come out with. And I, I got to tell you, when she said, you know, it was gonna, they were going to do this comic book, um, mm-hmm. which was a big undertaking. I mean, comics when I were growing up were a little smaller, I mean, thin, almost like newspaper or whatever. This is a high quality, first class, I mean, really book, uh, okay. hard, almost cardstock book that uh, is fantastic. And it's a great story. Uh, I encourage everyone to go out and take a look at it online. If you want to order one, in fact, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. If, y- if you, well, if you want to give away one, I have a bunch of signed copies that if I would like to donate to defining boundaries,
0: wow,
2: no matter who, who, where, whatever, we'll get it to them. If uh, I'd like to be able I'd like to donate one to you. Uh, I've got a limited run of the signed ones that, uh, that Elaine put together for us with the, with the author, with the the story maker and the, and the artist and everybody involved with it that uh, I would like to provide one to defining boundaries for giving, giving away.
0: That'll be my first giveaway.
2: (laughs) Yes. Let's, Let's do my that. First,
0: it's my first anything. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tim. That's awesome. We'll have to work I'll, out now how, what, how yeah. we go about doing that.
2: I'll drop it in the post, and you can uh, you, you can distribute it however you see fit. Hey, like I said, oh. it's a fantastic piece, and uh, I I, I, can I really want that
0: myself. <laughs> no, <I'm> Jackie. <joking. laughs>
2: Well, if that's the case, then may, maybe there'll be an extra one thrown no,
0: in. No, 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 no. It's all good. <laughs> no. um, yeah. Oh, wow. That no, that's that's great. Um, um, I'm a bit shocked. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Well, and that's and that's what we what what uh, NSPS we 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 did is we we bought a, a pretty good batch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what. I'm also trying to do is trying to get them in hands of organizations that can use them for fundraising that if you have a silent auction or something um, more than happy to donate it to your organization um, and use it for, for philanthropic purposes, you know, for, Mm -hmm. whether it's for scholarships or, you know, raising money for, you know, for some good, you know, to help promote surveying and help promote education. Um, so I'll throw that out there that if there are organizations mm. that would would like one, uh, we're willing to donate one to you. Just please, please put it to a good use and uh, and yeah. and help, hopefully, help raise some money for it.
0: Fantastic! That's uh, well, that's great. We'll have to come work out how what we can come up with to 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 give that away. That's was- that will do. All right, Well, we better move on because I know that uh, it's early there, and you do have to get to work still, whereas I'll be going to bed at the other end of this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and I, I got to tell you, uh, I guess that's the beauty of, of, of doing this besides being on other sides of the globe. Mm. Um, you know, and that's why I say that, uh, you know, I, I applaud you for doing this, uh, this podcast because it, it, I've enjoyed it, listening to it and hearing all the other perspectives. Um, yeah because you make it so darn easy just to talk surveying and uh, <laughs> it's, it's lovely talking to a fellow practitioner that, uh, you know, it, it, as much as I like to think that I'm crazy in love with surveying um, you know what? I, I I truly believe you are too.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why, but I, some, um, I, I had a, and A person a guy that I went to TAFE with back in 95 I finished so we were 94 95 that we did TAFE together and only a few weeks ago I got this message on Instagram and he's like hi um not don't want to sound creepy but do you remember me and I'm like oh my god yes and so you know we had this conversation on Instagram backwards and forwards and he goes Oh, I was wondering if you were still surveying or not. And I went, well, yeah. um, Actually, this is what I do. (laughs) I said, you know, I've worked in the industry. I've been a teacher and a head teacher, and back with another company. I said, now I'm the national training uh, development and a training manager for Consulting Surveyors National. And he's like, oh, geez, you're in deep, aren't you? <laughs> like, yes, you are. Yeah, I think I am.
2: <laughs> yes, you are.
0: Yes, I am. I do. I've, it's you know, it's it's a career that's done right by me, and I've you know, I've I've had, and not that I've been working the whole time because I've been on the education side, but I can just see, um you know, even my students who have come through that were. You know, they were doing it because, I don't know, it was something to do, they got into. And now these guys, you know, they've got their own businesses or, you know, they're managers in these big companies or, you know, some of my students are managing, you know, part of spatial services with all the, the land title stuff. And you just, just to see them and see how they, um the things that they've achieved in the industry, it just, I love it. It's, I, I'm... I love helping people, I love peeping, seeing people happy and and growing and stuff, so yeah, that's
2: exactly yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, so anyway, all right, let's get back to my questions because I do have a few, and I want to not keep you too long uh who who would have the biggest impact on your career? I think I know this one, but.
2: Actually, and even to this day, I think he'll still, he'll still deny it. Um, To be honest, it, and it's still, he's still my good friend, uh, Chris Freeman in uh, Dallas, Texas. The, uh, the, he was the, my party chief when I was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris taught me a lot about the profession, uh, how to be a good surveyor, how to be uh, how to be in the here and now, um, uh, he's, I won't say he's a spiritual guy, but he's, uh, he's a very, very positive minded, uh, person that, uh, you know, I just, I think back to the short time that we worked together and how much knowledge that he freely, uh, instilled in me every day and how much mm-hmm. opportunity in a short amount of time that, um, you know, he, he kids around now he says yeah my you know my instrument man rodman now's you know president elect of the national <laughs> and and i you know i'll take that as a compliment but it's really more also a compliment to him that uh he instilled that in in me in a in a young age mm-hmm. that uh really really pushed me along um yeah there's been a couple of other good influences i've had a couple of good mentors along the way i've got a in fact i've got a good good friend, uh, not a surveyor that uh, has taught me a lot about business and mm-hmm. uh, anytime I, I get into situations, but uh, no, Chris is pro- Chris is still up there. In fact, I in- interviewed uh, this, this podcast that dropped this last week, uh, the Texas society president elect and their executive director. And I just happened to mention Chris's name and they're like, Oh, Chris is so great. Chris just, I mean, he's just such a great guy and just does all this stuff. I'm like, Yep. That's my Chris. Um, he, yeah, okay. he was my party chief that just said, Tim, you can be whatever you want to be in this profession and mm-hmm. don't let anybody tell you differently. And yep. I've stuck with that. Yeah. Stuck nice. with that.
0: Nice. Yeah. I've been meaning to this weekend. I'll be listening to that podcast. That funny. We go around uh, in little circles of who's the great, who? <laughs>
2: great couple ladies. I mean, they re- that. and I'll be honest with you. I've, I've, and I think if you look back over, especially this past year, um, some of the ones that I've put together and have, have uh, gotten people to to guest on, yes, we we've had the opportunity to interview some fantastic ladies in the industry, definitely, absolutely fantastic, mm. um, including yourself, oh, and you. <laughs> and it's just it's been fun. So and and DJ and and Heather this week will not disappoint will not mm. disappoint.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait. Okay, what motivates you?
2: Uh wow, that is a good question. Um <laughs> uh, seeing seeing successful surveyors, seeing mm. see and I don't mean necessarily, and that's not financial. Um it's uh it's people that find a career and really enjoy it that really uh, want to be there want to go out and, and do that data collection want to draw this thing up want to want to take this raw information and create this product because in the in the end it's about helping somebody solve solve a problem or something you know something they need um, you know it, it may be a, a survey for somebody to buy their dream home it may mm-hmm. be a survey for topography, for, you know, for an, an you know, an engineering design for somebody to build their, their dream building. Um, It's helping people achieve clients, achieve their, their goals and see things come to help them see things come to reality. But it's also helped seeing our practitioners, seeing our young technicians uh, have the same a, a, you know, a exasperation of, of of a great feeling of I drew that, I built yes. that, I designed this. I, I. To me, there's nothing better than a, a final survey that you just look at and you go, "That's almost art." It really yeah. is because, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's usable art that you, you know you went out and you found you know somebody's went out and found these points. Somebody's you know just collected all this information and you know this this team of people that have put together this this wonderful piece of art basically. Um and in the end it's that's something that's handed off to to a to a client to a a property owner or whatever to help them with their their goals, their dreams. Mm. Um, might not always you know might not always be as exciting as you know giving you know giving somebody a survey oh well great I get that but I'm going to keep that in my mind that they're happy that they're getting that plat.
0: Yep. Mm. Nice. How do you relax?
2: Uh. Do you relax? (laughs) That is a good question these days because you know (laughs) it's. um, Well, I've I've well, relaxing lately for me has been um, the last. Oh. Well, I think especially through the pandemic, um, I've started reading a lot again, mm-hmm. um, a lot of reflecting, a lot of journaling, um, playing a little golf again, um, just to, for the physicality, um, you know, like you said, in your opening, I, I I'll, I'll literally watch anything racing, whether it's, you know, two grannies and shopping carts at the local grocery store, <laughs> you know, chasing down or, um, I'm a big fan of, uh and I, I can't get to it very often, but, uh, um, formula one and, uh, I, I love the Australian supercars. I do. Uh-huh. I, I i love that as that raw aspect, but the steering wheel still on the wrong side. No, it's
0: um, not. <laughs> and we lost our champion to you guys.
2: Yep. Yep. Sure yep. Yep. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. And, and that's, that's funny. You mentioned that. Cause uh, you know, to me, IndyCar is seeing a little bit of resurgence. Um, not so much NASCAR anymore. Um, but uh like I said a lot of racing. Um, mm. just you know, we're watching people go in circles. Now I I like I said I'm more of the Formula One, the 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 road track uh type, but um yeah, a lot of reading and uh I always get the th- Sudoku puzzles. I always get those vowels mixed yep. up. It's the, I mean, just throwing those numbers together and, and, and really, t- you know, they say crossword puzzles and those types of puzzles help to keep your mind sharp. I, I'm going to keep trying. Gonna- <laughs>
0: Are you a paper person when you do them or do you do them on your phone or your tablet? You know, I, I always do mine on my tablet.
2: I, I've got them both ways. I really, I've, I I think I prefer the paper because mm-hmm. what I don't like about the tablet is when I, you know, a lot of the apps, a lot of the games, when you hit the wrong number, it'll tell you immediately it's the wrong number. Ah, uh, like, yes. It's like, no, no, no. It kind so of spoils it. <laughs> it does spoil it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I hate to say I'm a paper person.
1: Mm-hmm. And actually,
2: I mean, I'll, you know, kind of even going back to the reading. Um, I'll do a little bit on the tablet on the Kindle app, but uh I, I gotta, I gotta have that physical book in my hand and turning those pages. And and actually some of the books I've been reading, they're either new or they're let's, let's just say they're not, I'm a big fan of the library that they're not checked out often. So a lot of times they may be an older book, but you crack them open. Nobody else has had had them open because, (laughs) and you just crack it open. And it's like, you know, that's, to me, that's part of the experience. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. No, I um, love,
1: I
0: love the books in the hand too. I've, you know, I've got my iPad and some books and stuff on there, but paper all the way. Exactly. <laughs> all the way.
2: <laughs> relaxing. What a concept. Yeah. No, it's uh, you have to, and especially as I noticed as I've gotten older, you know, you've got to deal with the stress in a different, in different ways. And yes, relaxing and recharging is, uh, mm. is, is, is key to, to maintaining your growth.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you had a superpower, what would it be?
2: Probably to be invisible. (laughs) And I say that, and it's going to be, it's going to sound like for a weird way. Um, There are so many things and so many, so many instances in life that I see, I see situations and I would love to be a fly on the wall to hear, you know, how did somebody get into that perspective just to be able to put myself in, in different situations
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: these are the only eyes I have, these are the only lenses I can see, see life through that. If I had an opportunity to be in, you know, invisible and be in different environments, to be able to go and just, uh, be there to observe and to understand and appreciate other people's worlds, other people's environments, other people's lives. Um, so I guess that's, I mean, that's still a superpower to becoming invisible, but I think it would help me un- better understand, uh, life from a lot of different perspectives, perspectives and a- yeah. appreciate. Mm what you have to go through, what my neighbor has to go through, what, you know, some, you know, the, the, the couple at the grocery store that are, that are arguing about something. Well, how did that all start? You know, one of these things are, um, just to be able to back up and be able to, to see people's, uh, their environments from, from their perspective. Mm. I know that's kind of strange. Well,
0: interesting. If you see a puddle on the ground, would you walk around it, jump over it, or jump in it?
2: Um, more than likely, I'd probably jump in it.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> because I think that's still the, 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 young, the young child in me that just kind of like stop, nice. stop, 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 stop. Yep.
0: yep. Uh, <laughs> um, do you get to go out in the field much anymore?
2: Not as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it seems like every time I th- think about trying to go out or I do go out, then, uh, you know, and that's the problem with the smartphone is that it chases you everywhere. Yes. And yes. Uh, it just seems like the radar goes off. It's like, Oh, Tim's not at his desk. We, we need this proposal. Now we need this answer <laughs> now. We, And so a lot of times when I do go out, uh, the field crews will make me leave the phone in the car, leave the phone in the truck mm-hmm. um, because they're tired of hearing it ring. Yep. Which I tell them if if it's not ringing, we're not, we're not having yeah. opportunities. We're not making money, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's a double-edged sword.
0: It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Three words to describe you.
2: Oh boy. Um I got to think of my own words, not my wife's words. Um,
0: (laughs) What are your wife's words? (laughs)
2: um, Psychotic, I think for one. Um, (laughs) No, uh, my words, I would say uh, energetic. Well, what's I say? Generally positive, and I don't know if it's really one word. Uh, forward thinking, just yeah. forward vision. It, it we've got to we've we have to keep looking forward. We got to keep. Uh, I mean, yes, we de- we do need to reflect on what we've been in the past, but we got to keep pushing forward.
0: Oh, definitely. At a party, where would someone find you?
2: Uh, probably around the punch bowl. Uh, no, just, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, uh, I like parties. I, to me, it it kind of goes back into just getting that, that, um, uh, getting that viewpoint from other people. And Mm -hmm. so as I've gotten older, I've wanted to network and engage with a lot more people to me, it, I feel like it helps broaden my view of, of more people's perspectives, that it's not just the, the world according to Tim and I've got my blinders on. It's, you know, it, it's gathering all the, you know, gathering that many more perspectives. So probably in a, in a, in a small group, just uh, talking about life and, and uh, uh, just seeing what's, what's going on with the party and then back and forth from the punch bowl
0: if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be
2: oh boy um that's i fought with that one all my life because i and i moved to texas early on thinking that's where i wanted to be well it let me tell you it's hot down there there's rattlesnakes <laughs> uh, florida's hot and muggy california is going to fall into the sea um. Who? How is Sydney these days? Besides lockdown.
0: I was going to say, besides lockdown, it's not too bad. Long as <laughs> you live near the ocean.
1: <laughs> but that's just well. Me.
2: I'll be honest with you. I, I'm looking forward to uh, FIG coming to Brisbane in uh, 2025. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. That might help uh, answer that question eventually. Mm. But um, yeah, it's going to be somewhere warmer, um, but it doesn't have to be too warm because it, it, I'm getting to the point where I can weather the, the, the winters a little bit more because it's kind of pretty to look at. Now that I'm not working in it, yes. every all day every yeah. day, uh, <laughs> the winters can be brutal. That yeah, uh, I don't the,
0: think I'd like to to be working in in the kind of weather like that. That's mm-hmm. not sure. mm. Are you organized or messy?
2: Ooh, I better not flash my camera around my office right now because it's. Um, the way my wife describes it is organized chaos. Organized. I, I do know where everything is at, <laughs> but it's constantly of, well, but I need to, I need to work on this pile of papers. I've got to go through that and and file this stuff or, or, or shred it. Well, I've got this pile of cords that I need to go through and see which ones work, which ones don't. And <laughs> uh, a couple of computer. computer um, yeah. organized chaos.
0: That's about me too. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my desk at the moment <laughs> drives my husband crazy <laughs> mm-hmm
2: drives my yep, drives my wife crazy she's <laughs> she's a neat Nick and she she likes everything in its place
0: yep yep my husband too okay do you regret your decision to become a surveyor?
2: Not for one second uh it's been a wonderful career so far mm-hmm. And I look forward to, I, I look for, I guess for me personally, I, I look forward to like we've talked about the technology and mm. seeing all of the possibilities. Um, I can't wait to eventually, I mean, we, I think my next phone or my next tablet is going to be, it's going to have LIDAR on it. Oh, yes. uh, and I want to, I want to play with that. I didn't, mm. Didn't find out soon enough when I got my regular twelve iPhone twelve that uh, the Pro had the lidar on it. No. Um, well, so you send my, me
0: your twelve, and then you can get the one with the lidar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's things like the exactly, but it's things like that. It's um I've still got. I mean, I, I've I've done a little bit of flying with the UAV, but it's mm. I still want to get my my commercial license to be able to fly. Um, will I do it for the business? Probably not, but I just its something I want to achieve. And it's going to be a lots of things like that, that Mm -hmm. uh, as we go forward, I want to continue to push myself, um, keep learning the software, keep learning all of the, the, the tips and tricks because it's hard to manage slash lead people. If you don't understand what you're leading them to do. And, um, you can't just say, Oh yeah, Yeah, you go learn this, you go learn this. And I'll just, you know, just sit back and tell you what to do. Hmm. Um, It's always learning new stuff. Um, Hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been trying to teach myself a little uh, uh, website development and just try to, you know, just with a personal website and, and uh, eventually going to try to put together a blog just to satisfy that itch rather than writing, writing a lot of stuff down. It's just going to be typing it in the blog. You just, you never stop learning. So, and serving is the perfect profession for that because technology is not stopping.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's it for the hard hitting questions. We'll do some quick shots. Sure. And then uh, I can let you go to work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I can let you call it a night and enjoy your weekend.
0: Yes. Oh, I've got more podcasts to do. So do a busy weekend for me this weekend. Oh,
2: good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to hear.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Ready? Yes. All right. Tea or coffee?
2: Ooh. Um,
0: coffee. <laughs> both. You can say mm-hmm. both if it's both.
2: Actually, it is both. But if you said, if you put a gun to my head and said one or the other, I'd, I'd go tea.
0: Mm-hmm. Cat or dog?
2: got to be a cat just not a dog person
0: <laughs> sunrise or sunset
2: uh love sunsets
0: summer or winter
2: uh it's got to be summer
0: roller coasters do you love them or hate them
2: i love Absolutely love roller coasters. I hate the fact that I'm older now and the whole inner ear thing to where I can't ride them as much anymore, especially the ones that go back and forth. But if if I can get on a long, straight, fast one, I'm there in a heartbeat. Love Mm -hmm. them. Love to go fast.
0: Yep. Three items you would take to a desert island.
2: Uh, Notebook for jotting down my thoughts Mm -hmm. Um, probably sunglasses and a comfortable chair.
1: Favorite song. Oh,
2: wow. Um, You know, I've had a bunch over the years. I've just, and and my wife says that I've got, you know, I, she can call me and tell me to bring home eggs and bread from the off, you know, coming home from the office. And I won't remember that, but I've got 40,000 song lyrics stuck in my head um, <laughs> with a lot of, gr- a lot of great tunes, but, um, and this is going to sound so cliched, but um, Kurt Sumner, our executive director, he turned me on to a song several years ago Um and I think it just it, it it sums up everything for me right now. Um, Mark Knopfler, Dire Straits, oh, um, yeah. his so, his solo work. Um, he has a duet with James Taylor, "Sailing to mm-hmm. Philadelphia," oh. and it's about uh, Mason and Dixon, the sur- the surveyor and the astronomer. Okay. Them coming over still- to America and uh setting out the mason dixon line it's a it's a beautiful song mm-hmm. it's um and there's uh there's a couple lines in throughout the throughout the song that just you know it's the only song i know of it says you know that, that, that one of the lyrics is you're a good surveyor dixon yeah. uh, but yes do yourself a favor if you haven't heard it
0: no, I haven't. I, well, I don't think out. I have, so I'll have to, I'll
2: have to. Probably not. I mean, it's like I said, I think I listen to a lot of things and uh, that one to me, once again, gun to my head. I think that is at this point, that is the song. Um, mm-hmm. That's my absolute favorite. Cause it, it, it helps define for me in my own head, who I, who I am, who I've tried to become and what you can accomplish when, you put your mind to it
0: very nice favorite book
2: hmm. one I am one I've read a couple of times and I need to go back and read again um Stephen King the stand
0: oh, I haven't really read many of his books
2: um it's He's a he's an interesting interesting character. I mean, he's an interesting author. Um mm-hmm. the stand is a it it it's kind of pandemic plague type okay. of situation. It's it it was kind of fitting for this last year somewhat, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh it's very well written, very, very um um it's just one that's always I I I read it early in high school and just it's one that's kind of always stuck out. Oh. But he's a good author. I the well, Oh, He is, stuff.
0: yeah, yeah, he is definitely introvert or extrovert.
2: Boy I started out as an introvert. I'd like to think I've blossomed into more of an extrovert. But um, yeah, I'll just stick with extrovert yep. for now.
0: Yep. Is your glass half full or half empty?
2: as I get later in life, it's more and more half full.
1: Hmm.
0: One thing you'd never do again.
1: Hmm. That's a hard one, isn't it? That is a tough one.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and you can pass if you can't think. No, 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 I, okay.
2: actually. And this is going to, this is going to sound, I mean, this just, this just happened uh, back in July, um, you know, and being, being a uh, middle-aged man and, you know, oh, I, guess I can get through this, whatever. Um, I was having some pains in my lower right side and started on a Friday night and I thought, oh, I can work through this. I, you know, it's no big deal. So mm. By Sunday night, it was still pain, and then the fever, and I had uh, uh, ended up having appendicitis, and uh, oh. Oh, had yeah. surgery that night. I mean, every time. Um, so, something I wouldn't do again is to ignore the pain and think that it will go away. <laughs> that as things hurt, deal with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're very lucky.
2: I am very lucky. Mm.
0: Yes, it could have been I a count lot my worse, blessings.
2: Yeah, I count my blessings every day because I told this. I told the surgeon that next morning. I said I was going to wait and just go see my my pra- my regular doctor. You know, this next morning, he yeah, said yeah. you wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so mm. don't. I'm I'm no longer going to ignore my pains and say, oh, they'll just go away.
0: <laughs> yeah, so probably a good one to to follow. Uh if you had a warning label, what would it be
2: mm. probably uh caution explosive
0: <laughs> who knows you best?
2: Oh, well, it's gotta be uh my wonderful wife of thirty two years- mm-hmm. um Yeah, she, you know, and they say for better, for worse, through thick and thin for sickness and in health. Uh, It's been all of that. And uh, she's been along for the ride uh, with me every step and uh, couldn't have done it without her.
0: That's so nice. Where did you meet her?
2: Uh, Her cousin and I went to school together since we were first grade, I think. And we lived. We lived several blocks away from each other, and, and so and in fact, to this day, her her cousin and her husband are are part of probably our best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were in high school, I was hanging out with Cindy, her cousin, um, and Susan was there visiting. She lived in Indiana and was visiting for for a few weeks, and uh, we got acquainted then. And it wasn't until we were uh, early twenties that. Uh, she had come back over for uh, a visit to her cousin's house, and we uh, we hit it off. Hit it off. A little bit, a little bit stronger. I mean, we knew each other, but yeah. a little stronger. Dated a few times, and uh, dated for a little over a year. And
0: rest is said, history. You know what?
2: Let's, yeah, let's just mm-hmm. let's just make this work. And so, yes, rest is history.
0: No. What was your favorite subject in school?
2: Uh, it was always math uh i always excelled in math loved it um mm-hmm. and uh it continues to this day
0: mm-hmm. favorite childhood memory
2: hmm well i think it kind of goes back to uh, i'll i'll say even at 16 it, i'll i'll still consider that kind of somewhat childhood um of course.
0: Of course it is. That's my, when you're running around being free. yes, <laughs>
2: uh, my father uh, was is a was a drag racer and uh, had several several cars over the years. Um, this one in particular was uh, uh, kind of a it was a, a roadster looking thing, uh, very fast. Um, had a lot of uh, I got to drive it once. And it was after, after after I mean he had a great day, won won the race that day. So he let you know in good mm-hmm. spirits, let me let me drive it. And I almost went as fast as he did. Oh. So oh,
0: wow.
2: So uh that was the end of my driving career. Uh, but no, I that was that's probably my favorite memory, is mm-hmm. yeah, passing that finish line at 130 some mile an hour oh going, gosh. wow. That's, that was fun. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: very <laughs> What's your favorite food?
2: It's gotta be pizza. I think, I think it's, there's so many variations on it. Otherwise it's anything pasta, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's gotta be pizza.
0: Mm-hmm. Favorite drink.
2: iced tea, sweet tea.
1: Oh, oh okay.
2: I, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of other alcoholic drinks I like, but if I, yeah. Southern sweet tea. Mm,
0: never had it. I have to try it one day. I have to come over and you can make it for me one day. <laughs> there we go. Pet peeve.
2: narrow-minded people.
1: Mm. Mhm. Biggest fear. Hmm.
2: Probably uh in this uh, you know, as we get older and more reflective, um probably me outliving my wife.
0: Oh. yeah like it gets a bit tough the older you get doesn't it
2: Mhm, it does
0: mm-hmm. favorite sport
2: it's got to be auto racing
0: Mhm. gotta be are you, are you a morning person or a night person
2: i am a night owl Oh, and, and
0: I've got you up so early
1: too.
2: <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just it comes with the territory, but uh yeah, weekends it's still tough. Mm-hmm. You know, to, no, I gotta keep a regular schedule. Go to bed at a regular time. Yeah. Just gotta do it. But no, night oh, owl. I'm definitely oh, a night owl. Yeah,
0: me too. Me too. Proudest moment.
2: Uh probably um Uh, well, several years ago, uh, I was greatly surprised. Um, my our state society, Illinois Professional Land Surveyors, um, I was named Surveyor of the Year, and oh. didn't know it was there. And the uh, current president at the time was rattling off, you know, the, who their recipient was, and as I'm listening to it, going, "Well, I've done that. I've done that." I was like, "Wow, maybe someday I'll be up for this." And then all of a sudden it was, you know, they announced me, like, well, I thought, whoa, I don't deserve this, but okay, that's great. And get up to the, get up to the podium to get it. And I turn and look and my entire family's standing there off to the side. Oh. And uh, yeah, that was, uh,
0: nice.
2: that was, that was a pretty good moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. On a scale of one to 10, how cool are you?
2: Ooh, <laughs> and I, I guess probably the normal person is going to, you know, knock down themselves. And, and I normally, or I would, I would probably say a two.
0: Oh, um, I've got some that knock down and some that knock up.
1: <laughs>
2: right. Um, I'm going to say probably in the seven range, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest compliment I've ever gotten in recent memory, my daughter is 25 uh, she said to me not that long ago that, you know, you know, dad, what I, what I like about you the most is that yes, you're technically uh, a Gen X, but you think more like a millennial slash Gen Z person than anybody I know No, that you're always, you're always, you're, you're, you're putzing with the computer, you're putzing with social media, you're putzing with mm-hmm. technology that you're always looking ahead and always trying to, to, make things better and, and uh, more technologically advanced. So um, based upon that comment from who I think is a pretty cool girl, um, I'll put myself about a seven.
1: No.
2: Oh boy. It used to be always be a Mustang growing up, but as I've gotten older and appreciate things more, uh, Probably think anything Aston Martin.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'm also a James Bond fan. So uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, new or old, probably anything Aston Martin.
0: Mm-hmm. Favorite color?
2: Red. Right. Got to be red.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, Apple or Android?
2: Uh, I've been forced to be an Apple person for. With this company for a while now, it's okay, but I think if I had a choice, I'd still go back to Android.
1: hmm
0: yeah, I've got a few people who have to have the Apple for work, but their personal one is the Android mm. yep and your star sign
2: Ah uh, is it Aquarius? <laughs> yeah, it's Aquarius.
0: I was thinking that.
1: Really? <laughs>
2: Uh-oh.
0: Yes. What date?
2: February 17th.
0: Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tim. Oh. It's uh, been a pleasure having you on.
2: Oh, no. Pleasure has been mine. Like I said, I, as a big fan, uh, it was nice. It was nice turning the tables on you and interviewing <laughs> you a, a few months ago, uh, and had a great, had a lot of fun that, uh, I, I, I was looking forward to this because like I said, I'm a big fan of this show Thank and, you. uh, I, I like everything you do, do with it, with all your guests and, uh, to be even considered to be on it, uh, is, is an honor for me. Oh. So, uh. Thank you again, and uh, I I can't wait to physically cross paths with you one of these mm. days. Whether you come here or I get down there, that uh, oh, it'll be it'll be nice to happens. put everything together. Yes, we got to yeah. get out of this lockdown.
0: Oh, I know, I know, definitely. So, um, before we go, where mm-hmm. can people find you?
2: Uh, find me a little bit of everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Yep. um you can you can find me on uh, the, I'm also listed on the NSPS uh, website as uh, the president-elect um, pretty much search uh, T Birch on about anything and you can get me so <laughs> uh, um, yeah they can they can find me out there that uh, said bottom line is we've got to do everything we can to promote the profession and if there's anything that I can help with NSPS can help with, FIG, any of it, um, we've got to work together. So let me know how I can help.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you. Enjoy your last day of the week.
2: Yes. And you enjoy your weekend.
0: I shall. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Tim. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review on my channel. Catch you in a fortnight when I speak to Kelly Hassab, Survey Manager of New South Wales for Beveridge Williams.
1: Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.